So welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, thank you for being here. Um, so I don't like long intros. I like to jump straight in. And I figured instead of me telling everyone who Bracha Jaffe is, why don't you tell everyone who Bracha Jaffe is? And I guess let's start at the beginning um, until today. And I'll probably interrupt you and ask you stuff along the way, if that's okay. Sure. So Bracha Jaffe. Bracha Jaffe is American-born, Israeli-bred. I like to say that way. Um, I was born in the U.S., but okay. my, my parents, I was raised in a very um, Israeli home. My mother is Israeli Yerushalmi, and my father was raised in Israel from the age of four. Wow. So Hebrew was my first language. And Even in America, Hebrew was your first yes. language? Yes. Okay, cool. Yes. I have two brothers. I grew up in Brooklyn, born in Maimonides. Mm. I you know, went to school in Brooklyn and then went to college in Long Island, Garden City. Um, after two years in Toronto, transferred over, became a nurse practitioner. Um, I always loved to sing, play piano. Art was like a big thing for me, the arts in general. Painting, piano, singing. Are your parents musical? Dancing, uh, yeah. Okay. Um, my father's a Baal and he plays the trumpet. No way. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Professionally um, or like as a hobby? You know, it's funny. He says that he used to stick himself in in wedding bands, like, you know, sit in a few times or yeah. like... He says he, um, he, he says it's more of a hobby, but I don't know if a hobby is, constitutes a four hours of practice a day. He, he put the trumpet down for quite a few years in his life, but at this point in his life, he's really full force, and it's just a huge love of his. And That's he's amazing. A beautiful okay. boss, Fila. yeah. So you grew up hearing some trumpet and some great shawled avenue. And my mother um, is musical. She always just, like, had the musical, you know, touch. She... Played the accordion. Oh wow! Yeah, it was her bat mitzvah present from her parents, and um, she always knew how to play piano, and she just loved singing. And they always just very much like encouraged it in my life. My brother plays guitar; he's a very cool. talented guitar player. And my other brother is Chazan. All right, multi-generational. Yeah, yeah love so it. It's definitely a musical family. Did you guys used to play together as kids? Um, not as much as I would have wanted to. Right. Um, I, my family dynamic was, you know, interesting. I, my parents got divorced when I was five years old. Okay. Um, and my brothers were much older than me. So, but it was an eight and nine year um, gap between me and my brothers. So when I was getting old enough to play and like sort of jam already, they were out in yeshiva and they both got married between 12 and 13 for me. So, okay. so I didn't have as much opportunities, but there were some. I took piano from age five. I always wanted to sing and be in choirs. I auditioned for choirs. When I was very young, um, didn't get into a few, and then okay. got into one. Um, and then the one I got into was Voices of Youth, run by Malki Ginniger. And she was a huge role model for me as a, growing up as a child, as a singer, someone who pursued her talent and her dream. Um, she was very motivating for me to um, use my talent and pursue it. And she encouraged me greatly as like a young girl and as a teenager. And um, so she was like the person who really, really like bought that out in me. That was, that was going to be one of my questions. As a young orthodox female, as a young girl, you're never, you're not really going to be looking as a music or singing as something that you're going to have a future in, right? It wasn't really a... So it's funny because like my parents were very encouraging me, they were very encouraging of me pursuing my hobby. And they even allowed me to push it more than a hobby. They made room for me to to teach, to um, take small gigs on as a young girl. Mm -hmm. and But at the same time, my father was very, very adamant of me having like a career as well. Um, so 
it wasn't like they said, no, it's not something that you can do. Um, but it was like, you know, definitely pursue it and also it, it, have something It else. wasn't like from a, um, from a Jewish or a, a religious point of view. It was just, we know, we know what it is. I right. guess he, he's been involved in the music industry yeah. and it's like, maybe you should get something stable as well. Exactly. It was more right. of that. Like you should have something that you can really depend on right. that will always be there for you. So that's where, um, you know, nursing came into the picture for me. And that was in high school. That was the decision I made in high school, even though Malki, um, was a very big voice in my head and she said, you don't need to pursue nursing. And she wow. did tell me that from a very young age. And um, I always thought she was nuts. Right. Um, Why do you think she was nuts? So I guess from part of what you said that like it, like number one, like having stability in your career and being able to support a family just from that perspective. And then also as a from girl, um, and being able to support a family, I knew I had limitations even more. So having enough opportunities to pursue music as my main, you know, my main gig, my main thing, um, was just something that like didn't even seem like a real possibility, even though she was doing it at the time. Right. Um, and I just didn't think there was enough room for me to do it as well. Um, there wasn't this global movement. There wasn't social media at the time yet. When she was telling me this, there was so much less available to me. So her saying that to me, I'm saying, I guess she had nevuah, right. um, was, was, just, was just insanity. It was like, no, I have to pursue a career. I need to listen to my parents right. as well, even though they loved my music and supported me. And my father took me to studios and I recorded in, um, what is that studio um, in Brooklyn, the most popular one at the time? It was where all like the big singers were singing at the time and I had a dream, the Jewish singers, free oh, and MBD. Okay. And I wanted to sing there and he took me for 10 hours, went the whole wow. night. I guess parents ultimately they really they're looking out for you and when you're passionate about something you kind of see this well, why would I make a B plan for something if I know what the A plan is and I want to you know it's like if I if I make you know I, um, an option for me to fail rather yeah. than saying this this is it this is what I'm going to do but parents don't see it like that they see a child who they want to make sure you know has has stability down the line so it's like a hard hard balance 100 um, percent. but i'm actually very grateful for that for that for them for, for them telling me to do that it was the a plan for a very long time right you know me being a nurse um it also developed me as just a human the way i think and like um the way i you know see people value people and just that perspective as a nurse has really really molded me okay so today are you are you a full-time nurse as well i put a pause on the career for now um and it's a pause because I really feel like it's still a big part of me and not something that I can leave completely. Um, sure. And I think there is a way that I will find um, to revisit it at some point in my life um, when the time is right. But right now I know that um, it's my time to pursue music and singing full time. That's amazing. Yeah. Because that's what I was going to ask. I know at one point you were, I guess you were a full-time mom and you were a full-time nurse and you have a full-time singing career. Yeah. Even when you take one of those away, so let's just say nursing isn't full-time now, being a full-time mom and having a full-time singing career, how, you have five kids, right? I have five kids, yeah. Can I how, do you, how do you do that? Um, first of all, it took me a long time to mentally catch up that I had three full-time careers. I thought you were going to say that you had five full-time kids. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. That too. It took me time to see that, like, bracha, you're drowning, you know? Right. Um, and, and, and something has to give because it's giving in unhealthy ways. So it did take me time to recognize that. Sure. Um, and so how did I balance it? I have an amazing support system. 
um, and help, but it doesn't negate the fact that I'm still a full-time mother. Um, to me, that's the number one priority always. Sure. Um, and it's hard. It's, it's, it, there are times where it feels like I have everything going for me and I'm on top of the world and I am so grateful for my life. And then there are days that I feel like, oh my gosh, Bracha, you have so much on your plate. How are you going to make it through the day? Um, but I think we all go through that as humans. And um, my biggest uh, motivation to myself is when it feels overwhelming, it's like all you have to do is put one foot in front of the next and one thing at a time and you'll get through it. That's been my biggest piece of advice to myself, just to really, 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 really take it slowly whenever it gets too difficult right. or too much. Like put one of the careers on hold for a little bit. Yeah, or it's just a constant juggle. It's like, okay, right. now I have to, I'm on the phone, you know, with Mandy Portnoy now, and my kid is screaming, okay, I got to go, Mandy, yeah. and I need to go be a mother. Or, you know, I have a full day in the studio tomorrow, um, and then rehearsals at night, but I need to get home at 5 o'clock and shut off for two hours to do dinner and bedtime and be a mommy. Right. Um, and... And then, so, and, then, and then when the day feels like a long day and it feels impossible, it's just like, let's just get through one thing first and see how it goes. Right. And, you know, we have, to, we have to make changes sometimes and cancel things when it's not working. We've had canceled sessions. Yeah. And it happens. Yeah. And the best thing, actually, that I, the best piece of advice that um, my producer, Shai Bahar told me is in music, there's no emergencies. Wow. You know? Um, I love that. Yeah, it's not healthcare. No one's dying on your time. Also, I, I'm not sure at this point how many thousands of songs get released every single day on Spotify. Mm -hmm. My song, if it doesn't come out tomorrow, it comes out the week after the world. Well, it's fine. I'll keep spinning. It'll, yeah, it'll be okay. And it's and it's cool. important to um, you know, to to respect like a schedule and sure. a time frame. You actually said that to me. Because that's the only yeah. way to get things done. Yeah. But at the same time, like when something doesn't happen exactly as planned, or when, um, you know, or or when you just need to allow yourself more time for it, it's okay. Like that's going to be fine. Every delay is for a good reason. And um, and then also like even like in show business, like when you're on stage, like you mess up on stage, and that was the biggest piece of advice for me at that point. It's like. I didn't hit the note properly, or I didn't sing it exactly like I wanted to. I didn't hurt anyone. I'm actually human. Right. I'm not pre-recorded. I'm not auto-tuned. I'm a person, and it makes me tangible. It makes me relatable, and no, nobody got hurt. It's awesome. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna remember that one. I like that. Yeah. I, I want to talk about the the I guess the emergence of the religious female music scene because I find it pretty amazing that like. Um, just that, that that it exists. That if I, I were to tell people who didn't really know anything about you know the, the Jewish community, I, like there's this kind of online almost music industry where at this point I don't know how many fifty to a hundred women is it more than that who who have thousands thousands of people following you guys who are hungry for the content want to listen. Um, I think it's awesome. Tell me tell me more about it. So I started uh, singing publicly and performing. Uh, before social media was involved. For a good 10 plus years, like a, even more, 15 years, I was performing professionally and there was no social media. And so the only way that word got out about me singing was word of mouth. I did a good job for one person. It was a, it was a, it was a recommendation for the next thing, the next door that opened. And that's, 
strictly the only way that I was able to um, perform and to um, advertise myself. In 2012, I did a show for an organization, for Ezra Mitzion, and it was in Muncie, and we had a matinee and a night show, and it wasn't a big audience, there wasn't a lot of room, but the first show, I think I performed for under 10 people. That's how many tickets we sold. Wow. Um, never did I think that a decade later, we would do a show that would sell out in three days for 3,000 people. And wow. then the next night, the next year for 6,000. Which one was that in the? Fireworks, in two th the first year, so. So in, the one in the King's Theatre? Or... In, the, in, the, in the Ritz. That's so crazy, the, three, so. So 3,000 people so in So it's 3,000, or so it's women, you're targeting mm -hmm. specific women and girls in three days. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and then the next year, 6,000. To double something in a year seems wow. astronomical. And it wasn't even like a thought in my mind that that would be something possible. So a few years ago, um, someone very close to me in the industry who ended up acting as my manager for quite a few years um, said to me, Bracha, you have a choice to make. She was producing me for organizations when I was just doing things word of mouth. And she said to me, you have a choice to make. Um, you want to stay relevant? You have to get on social media. Because otherwise, this is where, that's the shift in the world. And as we know from the Lubavitcher Rebbe, you know, he was the one who would tell his Hasidim that to utilize, you know, everything has, it's good and it's bad. And to utilize mm -hmm. modern technology to benefit, you know, spreading positivity and Torah and Yiddishkeit in this world. So I made a conscious decision with guidance to open up a social media account and also a website, a professional website, um, which needs updating. <laughs> like, so, so it's like everyone's website. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, but I think everyone's website these days is their social media account. So it became right. like something. But it's that, one of those things that's still like the rules are you, you still need a website yeah. to make sure you have one. Yeah. I, I opened it up and I had a portfolio of over, over a decade of concerts and videos and things. So automatically I was able to start just, you know, retroactive, retroactively posting things and showing things that I've done. And so my platform grew pretty quickly within the first year to my surprise and the growth also um, became global you know recognition and before I knew it I was getting calls from across the world to perform this is the way I feel and it's coming from real honesty and real feeling when I walk into a room with people I do not think that people know my face even though I have you know thousands right. of followers on Instagram I'm like nobody knows me um, because it's still something that I cannot grasp that like that there are close to a million views on a music video right. and and that's how many people are watching that. Could you ever have imagined even when you realized you were going to do this professionally at the very beginning and you were performing for bigger crowds and organizations and stuff that like there would be a demand for again female only female concerts by females for females only yeah. like did you think this could happen? I didn't because like I was saying that like you know, years before we couldn't sell tickets, you know, ten, a decade ago we couldn't sell tickets. Right. Women were just like, either the women were not coming out because they didn't want to come out or they, the women, or other women, you know, in, in different, depending on your community, they were going to movies on Broadway. No right. one, it was very, so it was very like, it was not a thing to go to an all female concert. Right. Um, so, so today when we get into a crowd and I see girls from all different backgrounds and ages, like meaning, I mean like, me and Shandy got a video the other day of a girl who was born 
after the release of Aye. So her mother wrote to her mother wrote to us that she was she it was her favorite song from a newborn as a newborn. That means and we were getting emotional and I was that means that girls are listening to us. It's part of their it's part of their being. It's part of their essence. They're used to it. It's right. something every day to them. It's they're listening. It's part of the soundtrack of their life. Yeah, that they're yeah. listening to our music. That it's it's who they're listening to. And so, right. To listen, you know, I grew up listening to, um, you know, from men, singers, and then a lot of other things, you know, in in the realm of not Jewish music, and so I didn't really have you know female role models there were a few and putting out an album was so expensive right. um i only had Malky really and so wow. it was just it was it was and, and now it's like oh my gosh okay wait hold on we should put it out an album because we are going to get thousands of views and the song's going to get hundreds of views and thousands and thousands and thousands of views hundreds of thousands right. of views and then they're and it's going to be the soundtrack of their life and then they're going to think hey let me listen to you know shandy plotzker or Chaya Kogan or devore yeah. schwartz or bracha jaffe and and, and they're going to sing our songs. Thank you, Hashem. We are also big believers, not just that women deserve the same platform as the men, but like it, it's something that is really, um, is really needed and there's a huge market and a crowd. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, as you said, there's all these very well-known male performers who have been the big stars of the Jewish community for years, but why, aren't, why don't they have female stars? Um, and I think that's why we felt it was so important to, you know, do an album like Nashim Tidkaniha. Also to to show that if we are creating this this stuff, it shouldn't be on any less of a level than than the men's stuff. About two years ago, when um, we got the call from Thank You Hashem to sing Never Alone, Shandy and I, and Never Alone is one of our biggest releases. Ali Melech and Aryeh were so excited about it. Like the enthusiasm was. You felt it. I'm exhausted from trying to prove the worth of a female singer in today's world, in our generation. I made a decision that I'm not going to prove it anymore. I'm just going to be. Oh. But, um, but Ali Malik and Ari didn't, didn't expect that at all. I didn't need to prove myself to them. Right. And they, they felt the value, and I felt it from it's them amazing. so strongly. Mm. And they gave us one of their best songs to sing. And they could have given it to any man, and it could have been heard by, right. you know, the other 50%. Um, but they gave it to us, and they didn't spare any expense. Right. Everything that we wanted, they said yes to. And they had complete belief. And to me, that was something that I will be eternally grateful for. Yeah. And, um, and um, it's just, um, it's, I, I don't have words to put on it. Um, it's a young girl's dream wow. to really f feel that sense of um, that someone believes in you, um, they trust you, that, that belonging, that place that you have um, is unique and special. And then when you called me and said, you know, you're willing to be on the album, and I should just cut you, I like wanted to laugh in my head and be like, are you, are you funny? I guess it's funny. That's a funny. It's funny that you're asking me if I want to be. I, <laughs> I like to be polite, you know. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you gave me the, um, the honor to sing the title track. Um, and just the other day, I was at a private event with Akiva, and mm. he said to me backstage right before he was performing, um, we had a few, we exchanged a few words, 
אני ייסדתי מי בזכות נשים צדקניות תבוא אלינו הגאולה. I said, הוצאנו את השיר הזה לפני שישה חודשים, שנה, something like that. I said, we just, we just, we just released that song בזכות נשים, you know, about a year ago, and, um, and he said, please continue doing what you're doing, there's such a place in what you're doing. Um, and so hearing it more and more from, you know, the, you know, the male artists, the male singers, from the, you know, the platforms like Thank You Hashem, Um, that really started, like, you know, really, really expanded the platform for us. And I, say, I said this once to another singer in the industry, a male singer. I said, I got a call, you know, could you, could you post our song on your social media? I said, sure. Could you post about my concert tomorrow? Because I'm, I'm still selling tickets. And, and there was like, it was like a thing. I was like, well, I was like, do you have daughters? Do you have young girls? Right? Yeah. Do you believe in this for them? Yes. So then post it for us. Right. You know, it's not that I need you to validate me, but your support and belief in the fact that there is 100% a place for us and for our girls in this generation to use their strengths, to dream, to use their talents, to use, you know, all the colors that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us in this world, sure. our unique colors that make us individuals, and to create our own individual path. And, you know, um, By, doing, by, you, by you doing that, we're just supporting each other. That's the Ezer Konegdo. That's what the Torah um, constantly speaks about when they speak about a woman. Um, the Torah is a Mashana Keva. We are right. a glorified, um, incredible, respected being. Um, and, so, and so he did. He advertised it the next day wow. for me. You know, that's who we are as Jewish people. We are a team. We are a family. You know. That. For sure. Just think about that whole, the whole experience of recording the album and, and um, yeah, hearing you like express it like that is, is amazing. What is Jewish music? Oh. oh my gosh, I have so many things to answer. Hold on. We've got time. Mm -hmm. For me, it's my, it's, my, it's my religion and it's what brings me close to Yiddishkeit. Um, it's what connects me to, um, I get so emotional thinking about everything about these different things that we're talking about because it's what connects me um, um, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's what connects me to my peers, to my family, sure. um, and it's what connects me to myself. Um, and so every single message that's delivered um, in our music is a form of what I hope to be a connection that brings us closer to who we are. Um, and so, and connecting us to each other. There are different, and there are different ways of, there are, there are different ways to give over Torah and to give over, you know, um, how we're supposed to live our lives as Jewish people. And to me, music plays the strongest role in that way. The messages and the music, the lyrics, the, um, the nigunim, Sure. Um, so I guess that would be my main answer. Okay. So you're saying that Jewish music for you is a, that's the medium that you use, I guess, mainly, to, that's how you connect to God through Jewish music. Yeah. But if I were to um, talk more to the, I guess, on a more technical point of view, by, by the way, on that point of view, I completely am with you. In fact, if I'm davening, it's normally not in a shul. I normally go into my studio, I put on Chabad Nigunim, but it could be anything of that kind of nature, put my talisman to fill it on. I'm normally not saying 
the words from the Siddha because I don't understand most of them. I normally have my eyes closed and I'm singing and I, and I feel God. And um, without, like, without music, I, I, I really struggle. I don't, um, and I guess everyone has their way of, of connecting. I also feel like it's, it's kind of like a movie. If you go and watch a movie and there's, there's no soundtrack, you, you might feel some emotion and you might feel some of the action, but imagine an action scene where there's just, there, there, there's nothing. Right. In the same way that just in life in general, you know, music and sound of music very much goes along with that. I feel that, you know, Jewish life and, and um, my, my Jewish connection is, I don't want to say entirely music, but it's definitely, there's a huge chunk of it. To, to look at the question from a more technical point of view, what makes Jewish music Jewish, you know, is it is it the person singing it? Is it the melody? Is it the genre? You know, people have different views and feelings about this. That's exactly why I'm asking lots of people, and there is no <laughs> correct answer. Um, I'm collecting everyone's opinions and views. That, that's what this is. So you don't have to overthink your answer. Right, right, right. Okay, fine. Um, I don't think it's style and genre. Okay. I think that you know, different people need different styles and genres. To you know, they they people like different things. So Jewish music could come in all different, you know, forms because sure. there's room for everyone to connect in a different way. Um, I think that the messages of Yiddishkeit can be found in even, you know, things that are um, sung by, you know, people who aren't Jewish. However, um, in my feeling, there's a for Jewish music itself, there's a combination between the message and the person writing it. So it's kind of the the intention almost. For sure, intention right. is a huge part of it. But like it's 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 what you're it's who you it's who it as a Jewish person. So you're, um, and the message that you're delivering because as a Jewish person you can also, you know, deliver whatever message. Right, that's one thing. Yeah, you know, there's there's um, you want. look at half of the Broadway shows that are written. Right, they're they're not written about Jewish themes, right. but and, uh, or and also is there no room for us to listen to classical music? Right. Like written by Beethoven, I think there is room for us to listen to that. But for Jewish music specifically, um, I think it has to do with both the person and the message combined. Okay, um, so it's for, the person and the message. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think so. I might change my mind at some point in my life. Well, you're gonna but... have to do it. You'll have to do another uh, <laughs> podcast if, if you do. It. But um, you're not allowed to change your stance without telling me. No, um, <laughs> but um, for now, I think that that's my that's my feeling. Yeah. If you could give one piece of advice to 10-year-old Bracha Jaffe or any young Jewish girl who, you know, I guess is, is, being, is, is growing up in a world that's very different to yours because they, they already have, you know, some form of, I mean, you had a role model, but they have a lot more and they have music videos. And, but what would you, you know, for, for someone who's aspiring to become a religious female artist in today's world, what would you advise them? To a young girl who wants to use her strengths and talents in today's world um, and has any doubt or um, is worried or scared, um, I would say to her, um, you were created a certain way. Um, extra special, every person. Um, I don't know why I'm getting emotional. Can I ask you what this is? Like, what, what's, what's this bringing up when you're, when you're thinking about it? I guess because um, you said, what would you say to yourself when you're 10 years old? 
So, um, um, yeah, I guess that's it. Like, what? It's like, it's, it's, um, it's a surreal feeling to say something that you wanted to say yourself, like, you know, yeah. over 25 years ago, you know? Um, I've been doing a lot of also, the, it brings out a lot of emotion because over the last year I've been doing a lot of like, you know, um, soul searching in a way that like just to really um, give the message I want to give over in my music. Um, so taking a second to say what I would say to myself is also like diving into like all that work that I've been doing. Sure. Um, so God created us in a very unique way. Every single one of you. I say to my children, I'm so lucky. You know the song, Hashem gave me a present. You yeah, know what yeah. it was? So I sing that to them. Mm. And then I talk about their unique, their you unique personalize specials. personalize it for them. Yeah, right. special things. And he gave me a present. And you know what he gave me? And then I say their names. Um, and I would say that to every girl. Um, Hashem gave you a present. And with that present, um, he wants you to change the world. Um, and there is a hundred percent room for you. So you're gonna encounter a fork in the road many times. It's gonna keep branching off. Think of a tree with all those beautiful branches. And every tree and every branch will grow beautiful leaves. Um, and you'll go down these different paths um, and you will discover yourself and it will bring out your talents and your unique gifts, and through that you'll see that he gave you even more than you even knew that you had. Um, keep going with that path. Um, be headstrong. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself even when you feel like it's extremely hard to believe in yourself. Um, and um, like Russ, Wood took a path, was unknown to her, she believed in herself so strongly, and she believed in her faith. He, she believed in Yiddishkeit. She believed in Ami, that she was going to take her on the path that was best suited for her. And she said, Wherever you go, I will go. I will follow. She did it with intent and with strength and with patience and calm, with all the major challenges that she had in her life. And through that, she had Malchus, David HaMelech. Um, your path will lead you to that kind of greatness, um, as long as you really believe in yourself. So keep going. Yes. <laughs> that would be my message. Wow. Where do you see, I guess, the future of Jewish music headed, uh, specifically for, for women, girls? I am a small piece in this beautiful puzzle. It's going to be mega. Yeah. I know that one day MSG will be filled with Jewish girls yes. singing together. Um, so thank you, Isha Ribo, for taking the, taking, <laughs> you know, for scouting the, out, just making the, sure the territory, yeah. but wait for the girls who are coming. Um, right. And, um, and I, I see the talent in the girls every single day. I, meet new people and meet young girls and I just I know that it's only a start so I am I'm I'm and they're only with people like you I want to just say thank you 
that believe in it so strongly that say, I'm starting a podcast, Brachan, I want you to be one of my first guests. Um, it's going to keep going. There's going to be a lot of people following your path. God, I think, um, you know, one of the most amazing things about the album that we did was it was obviously the album itself, but I think also what it what it meant, you know, I guess raising the just raising the bar of what what um, Jewish music is for women, and you know, both in terms of quality, but also just showing people like this is it. This is this is your time. There's no reason you shouldn't be doing it um, proudly, loudly. And for you, for you personally, what's next for Bracha Jeffy? What's coming up? Um, so a lot of new music is coming. Mm-hmm. Um, been really, really like working over the last year on many different songs and cultivating how to release everything and you know bring it together. Um, so I keep I think I feel like I keep doing that. I keep giving like on my social media platform or saying that music is coming because. We've been working on so much, and I'm just excited to really, 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 you know, put it forward in the right way. Um, and shows, good shows. Um, and yeah, cool. I guess we'll put after the show, um, where everyone can find you and dates and social media stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say a huge thank you for doing this. Thank you. I know it's probably, I don't know, nerve wracking or scary especially being open and vulnerable. Um, but I, I think it's kind of, um, it's another part in, in the puzzle and, the, and the, I guess this story and, and this mission of, of giving women a voice. Um, so thank you. Thanks for, for doing this. Thank you for having me. Really, the honor was mine.